Hey, working woman. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. You can make money from your podcast without any minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Theme music provided by Brooklyn Park Productions. You are now tuned in to the greatest listening experience you'll ever receive. Welcome to the Working Woman Podcast. Cafe check-in. Hey, ladies. Welcome to episode six of the Working Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Wintour. So in this cafe check-in, y'all, I want to take the time to celebrate our sister girl, our auntie in our head, our mentor in our mind, Miss Kamala D. Harris. She is, she is U.S. Senator for the state of California. My girl. Y'all, Miss Kamala is now the official running mate with President presidential candidate joe biden so if i had um some claps i will insert some claps right there so we're just going to insert some snaps for miss kamala harris y'all yes i'm so excited about her if you don't know who she is she is a united states senator for the state of california she's a second african-american woman and first south asian american senator in the history of the united states so let me pause right there because you have some people Y'all, I'm over here scratching my head because you. I want to say something else, but because my auntie in my head, Miss Michelle Obama, said, "Carrie, when you go, when they go low, you go high." So, in the spirit of my auntie, Miss Michelle, y'all, I'm just gonna say this: other people, you have other people in this world who are mad at Kamala Harris, and they're mad because she has said on several occasions that she just doesn't only. Well, she doesn't solely identify as an African-American woman. She identifies as an African-American and South, um, South Asian-American woman. And people are uh, in an uproar because of that. And you know what? That's, that's their prerogative. Y'all, folks, we have, to be, we have to be more accepting of the truth. She is a, a biracial or multiracial woman. That's facts. Not only is she African-American, but she does have Indian roots. So she does identify as both, as South Asian and African-American. Why is that a problem? And here, here's a, here's a kicker. I don't care if she identifies as alien-American. It's the fact of the, the fact of the matter is she is a, rep, a direct representation of women of color. She represents the minority. She represents every South Asian girl. She represents every African American girl. She re- represents every East and West Indian American girl. She is a representation of every minority. So yes, yes, it's true. She's a multiracial individual. Why are we trying to pin that on her or hang her for that? It is not her fault that she was born into a multiracial family. Instead, we should be honoring the fact that not only can African-American women glean and, gl- and, 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 and express pride in this moment, but our um, South Asian sisters can as well. Our East Indian sisters can. Our West Indian sisters can. Our Asian and, and Latino sisters can. Our Hispanics. 
every minority woman of color can celebrate this win. So let's not focus on the fact that Yes, because we're African-American. And she has said, oh, I don't identify as only African-American. Let's not cut her off. Y'all, this is big for all of us. Every woman in Being a woman in America and then being a woman of color, we already have two strikes against us because of our race and our gender. So now that we have a woman who represents both, I mean, we have a person who represents both, rising to the highest form of political power, as Vice President of the United States of America, we need to rejoice. Because just like she did it, our daughters can do it. Our sisters can do it. Our friends can do it. Our nieces can do it. Our godchildren, they can do it. This is a moment for us to celebrate. Miss Kamala D. Harris, if you don't know, she is known for having a mission that stands for fighting for the rights of all communities. Since taking office, as U.S. State Senator of California, she has introduced and co-sponsored legislation to raise wages for the un, for I'm sorry, for working people. She reformed broken the broken criminal system in America. She made healthcare a right for all Americans. She addressed the epidemic of substance abuse and fought against it. She supports veterans and military families, and she expanded access of childcare for working parents. I made a post today, y'all, and I said, accomplishments speak louder than words. So, yes, Kamala Word said, I don't identify as only an African-American woman. But her accomplishments, such as expanding access to child care for working parents, and her, her accomplishments as supporting veterans and military families, and her accomplishments for addressing the epidemic of substance abuse, speak so much louder than the words she spoke about her race so share in this moment when you hear those people speak about the negative things that she has said or or what they are taking negatively because I don't think that's negative if I am a multiracial individual you are supposed to celebrate everything that makes you you so why in the world are we going to bash her because <laughs> she wasn't born to just two african-american parents it's not her fault. We need to celebrate in this moment because as women in America who have been overlooked for centuries, and then on top of that, African women in America, I always tell people I don't really celebrate um, the month of March, Women's History Month, because those women, although it's a great time because I'm a woman, I don't really celebrate it because I'm still a woman of color. And during that time, although they were marching, they didn't want African-American women to march with them because they, they felt like they won't get the progress they will, they will get, being that, you know, women of color were on um, a part of the march. So they detested and they fought against women of color marching with them. So they were not for all for women being a woman empowerment or women being united. It was really for the white woman to, to voice to be heard. And their thing was, okay, once we, get, once we get access to equality, then we'll allow the women of color to get access. And that's not what I'm for. So, yes, I'm an educator by nature. I like to research. I like to study. And once I found that out, I'm not big on the women's rights movement or women's suffrage because my women, meaning women of color, wasn't represented during that time. However, back to Ms. Kamala Harris. This is a time for us to celebrate. It is a privilege for her 
to be in this this part of this a part of this election okay let, let me tell you why it's a privilege let me tell you why this is important to me because if you watch politics like i do kamala harris this is not her first time going up against donald trump you see she was actually a forerunner in the democratic running to be president what happened was kamala lost funding because in order to run for president it takes a lot of money most millionaires always you know get to win or they get the most funding because it takes a lot of money to just run a presidential campaign that's no secret so kamala ends up conceding but when she did let me tell you why this is my sister in my head homegirl looked at trump and said it's okay this is not going to be the last time you see me mr trump and she stuck to those words because because guess what y'all mr donald trump is looking at her he's going he's 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 about to see her he's about to jump in the ring with a fighter Joe Biden made the smartest and wisest decision by letting this amazing, brilliant woman be his running mate for the presidential election. I'm so excited for these two. And I'm so, I'm even more elated, elated to say that my president is Joe Biden. And my vice president is my sister in my head, Miss Kamala D. Harris. Y'all, this is exciting woman a moment for us working women she is the epitome of the working woman she is a well-educated wife she worked her behind off and she is definitely definitely proof that we as working women we can do any and everything we put our minds and our hearts to now i do not personally subscribe to these two individual amazingly talented artists because that's just not my style of music that I listen to however it is trending so heavy right now and there's so many positive comments there's so many negative comments about it and I thought why don't I turn WAP into what about producing justice for Breonna Taylor because Breonna Taylor y'all is no longer trending we need to say her name she is a sister she is a a friend she was a lover to somebody she was a auntie a cousin a daughter we need to keep saying brianna taylor's name so this tackle the topic segment is tackling the topic of why have we not received justice for brianna taylor okay so let me give you a backstory there was a point in time when i thought now don't hang me i love y'all i wasn't educated on this topic yet but i thought she received justice and i thought that because I know that after reading the case study, the officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor, they were in pursuit of a convicted felon, and they had a no-knock warrant. Those were legal at the time. And so when Governor Cuomo, who was the governor of New York, he passed a law now banning no-knock warrants, and then it was banned across America, I figured, okay, the, the very thing that given that provided access for these police officers to murder Breonna Taylor is now banned. She has, boom, she has justice. And a good friend of mine, and let me pause right here, y'all. Get y'all good friends who you can speak about style, you can speak about fashion and sex with, and you can also have thought-invoking conversations about government, politics, and finances with. So this friend of mine, who's also a very great thinker, she's a criminal justice major at heart, um... She should be a, she'll be an amazing defense attorney. I tell her that all the time. But she sat me down and she was like, look, sis, this is why we're demanding justice. And this is why justice has not been served. Because the amount of shots that were fired 
it's cruel and unusual punishment. Because one, Breonna Taylor was asleep. She was a EMT frontline first responder during that pandemic. And she was murdered because of the amount of shots that were fired in the home. Now I had to that made me think. And that made me realize we still need justice for Breonna Taylor because what they did now, they went from okay, you have a no knock warrant, you go in, but when you go in, you see that there's no threat. So you fire all these multiple shots that when you didn't have to do so because there's no threat. So now you go from being a defender of the law to now you should be a criminal of the law because now you are a murderer. You dishonored your badge because you murdered an innocent woman who, in fact, deserved the same respect that you do because she was a frontliner. She was a first responder in this pandemic. So after working a long shift, she went home to go to sleep and then entered into eternal rest because of gun and trigger happy police officers. And this is so sad. This is so sad. This is it is disheartening to me because although we just spoke about the grand entry of Kamala Harris in the presidential race for the presidency in 2021, a sister of ours is now has now fallen asleep early because police officers don't know the difference between protocol. When you enter into a room and there's no no shots being fired or there's no weapon. And so I wanted to make this tackle the topic to talk about Brianna Taylor. And I want to talk about Sandra Bland, who also is a name that has not trended for a long time. Sandra Bland was in police custody and it was ruled that she had committed suicide when her family had argued and they, they not argued, forgive me, but they have fought and they, they, they marched and they pursued the fact that she was never the type to kill herself. And then when it was ruled that it wasn't a suicide, there still was no justice for Sandra Bland. Only thing we got was body cameras. Y'all, we need justice for Breonna Taylor. These, her murderers are still loose. They're still at large. And yes, they're they're looking into the case now and, and they suspended the officers. But let me tell you something, y'all. I work for a union. Suspension does not mean nothing if, it's, if it doesn't mean without pay. That's first. You see, to hurt people, you got to hit them in the pockets. And the least you can do for the family members of Breonna Taylor is to suspend these officers without pay. And then, and then, trial them for murder. Because they are murderers. They're not just, they're not officers who, who, who did a deviance. No, they broke the law. They broke the law. They murdered an innocent person without cause. Breonna Taylor's name should be trended. We should still be fighting. Just like we fought for George Floyd, an African-American man who was brutally murdered. We need to fight for this African-American woman. Just because she's a woman doesn't mean it doesn't hurt any less. And that's my problem with America because women are overlooked. And that's why I'm, I'm so big on Kamala Harris um, and her re-entering the race for presidency because we had our first African-American president, male. But when she ran for the presidency, she had to concede because she didn't have enough backing for about voters and funding. And so now we owe her that, at least to get her to VP, at least. And now we have Breonna Taylor. We, we got, I want to say quick justice if I can. We got quick justice for George Floyd. But we did not get any justice for Breonna Taylor. 
because those same police officers, although they are suspended or working, uh, doing a desk job, as they may say, in the precincts, they're still getting paid. They're still wearing a badge. They're still, uh, they still have access to a, a weapon. A firearm. This is not justice, America. This is not justice at all. What are they, what are they saying about us as women? That, that we can be murdered and life goes on as normal? God forbid. This should not be. So I encourage you. I wanted to do this Tackle the Topic segment segment for I, because I want her name to trend. I want Sandra Bland name to trend. I want Brianna, name to, Brianna Taylor name to trend. I want us to make, to have marches. I want us to march for the justice of Breonna Taylor because that's what she deserved. That's what we should do as a tribe of her sisters because guess what? Whether you like it or not or whether you know the story or not, let Carrie Winter tell you you are a part of her tribe. Because you are a woman and because you are a woman of color, that automatically puts you in a part of, that automatically puts you as being a part of Breonna Taylor's tribe. So as her tribe. Just like you would support your biological sister. And just like you would fight for your mother. And you would fight for your daughter. And you would fight for your niece. And you would fight for, guess what, yourself. You should daily, if it, if it is something as small as posting Justice for Breonna Taylor. If it is creating a petition for, petition for us to sign so that we can receive justice. Y'all, we got to keep working at it because a sister has fallen asleep and we are sitting here dwindling our fingers. Rejoicing over the justice of George Floyd when one of our own was murdered. What are we going to do now? So women, where do we go from here? Let's seek justice for our sister, Breonna Taylor. segment we have reached the sin help segment portion of this podcast let's get into our question ladies hey carrie i have been engaged to my fiance for one year now and we are getting married next week my fiance and i never had sex with each other we met at our church and it was confirmed on several occasions while we were just friends that we were destined to be husband and wife we eventually started dating and fell madly in love with each other during our dating stage, we agreed to be celibate until marriage, and although it was very tempting, I am happy to say that we have been successful in our celibacy. Being that we had never had sex with each other, I am not sure how I would do in pleasing him. How can I find out what he likes sexually without performing any acts before marriage? Please send help. So, Hey, lady, congratulations on the engagement and the wedding and on being successful with your spouse on celibacy. You have a lot to be congratulated on. You did that. Y'all did that. And that is completely amazing. That is a testament to what God can do and what two people who are destined to be with each other can accomplish together. So I want to give you snaps for that. That is awesome. Okay, so to your question. How can you find out what your mate likes sexually without performing any acts before marriage? So, let's get into it. So, firstly, I would say have the conversation. You guys seem like two mature adults. You have spent an entire year of being celibate with each other. It is close to your wedding. Like you said, y'all get married next week. So, I would definitely say 
have the conversation now how would you start the conversation i would sit my husband down and i would be um as blunt as possible and tell him like you know babe i'm really excited about the honeymoon next week and speaking of the honeymoon what are some things that you like sexually that you find to be pleasing now let's say you and your husband are a couple that doesn't practice talking about sex and I, I've spoken to many um, individuals who have practiced celibacy and I, I know that one thing they uh, most of them have all agreed upon is that they don't talk about sex which keeps them from thinking about sex which keep them keeps them um, eventually or resultingly um, away from actually having sex so if talking about sex is just too tempting I would say on the day of your honeymoon when you're in the bedroom and it is time for you guys to be intimate with each other, allow your husband, tell him, I want you to look him in his eyes and I want you to tell him, baby, I want you to tell me what you want me to do. And let me tell you something, nothing drives a man crazy by knowing that he's in control, especially in the bedroom. Let him walk you through it. Baby, kiss me right here, stroke, like, you know, I, I don't want to be too graphic because um, some every not all of my listeners are, are married. And <laughs> some of my listeners are practice celibacy and then some of them are just not sexually um, involved right now. And I don't want to invoke too much. I want to leave some things to your um, bedroom. But I can say men love to be in control. So allow your husband to control the bedroom that night. Let him ask him, babe, where do you want to be kissed? Where do you want to be touched? Where do you want to be sucked? Can I say that? <laughs> and I'm certain, I'm certain he will walk you through it. It'll be a time of sensuality, intimacy, and just amazing lovemaking for y'all both. So I would definitely, that's my only tip is if you're not open to having the conversation about sex before marriage. You guys are literally a week away. On your honeymoon, put on your best piece of lingerie. You know what your husband likes. Put it on and once y'all are in that moment before y'all just jump into it take your time with it it's something called foreplay yeah let make that a part of your foreplay baby talk me through it what do you like how can i please you and i'm telling you it just he feels dominant in that moment and the fact that you are submissive is going to drive him <laughs> wild and i'm certain he would let you know everything step by step and y'all will have the most amazing night of y'all lives. And it will just be the beginning of an eternity of passionate lovemaking between the two of you. And just let that be something that you, you both do. Um, I will also say recommend that you speak to him about sex outside of the bedroom as well. So after the honeymoon, right? And... You know, you guys are laying in bed. Talk to him, baby. What did you like that I did? And then have the, the conversation where, okay, babe, I like this. And now you guys exchange what you personally like um, when it comes to y'all intimacy. And now you both have knowledge. Okay, my wife likes this. She doesn't like that. She likes it when I smack it like that. She doesn't like it when I pinch it like that. You know, just just for an example. Um, and it'll definitely, it'll t definitely take y'all to a different realm in a deeper realm in your relationship because now y'all are more vocal about intimacy and y'all could be intimate about how to be intimate meaning y'all could be verbally intimate about what y'all like about um being intimate with each other so yes sex should be a topic in married couples lives yes 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 sex 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 i said it 
<laughs> we don't talk about sex enough, but you must educate your partner on how to make love to you. And they must educate you on how to make love to you because there are so many married women. I did a poll. Um, I did a private poll amongst my um, group of friends and amongst their friends. And I've come to find out that a lot of married women, it took them years to even... Um, I'm trying to find a good word for this, but come. <laughs> Sorry. It took them years to even do that in their marriages because they were so focused on pleasing their husbands that they never took out the time to request ways for their husband to please them. So they went basically underprivileged, not privileged, but the, yeah, I would say underprivileged because it is a privilege. I'm telling you, when you reach a height of, of climaxing with the one you love, it is a feeling like no other. So many women didn't experience that until, you know, years later or months months after being married married because they refused or they were opposed or not used to or not comfortable with having the conversation so i hope this this helps and i hope this helped not only you but many other women have the conversation about sex talk to your partner about what you like because i've come to find out women are not as vocal about sex because we all as women especially if you come from like old school parents it's not ladylike to talk about sex, right? It's not the norm for us. And sex is, to me, like, sex is very private. Like, even now, having a whole podcast on sex education is just, like, making me, like, cringe a little bit inside. Like, the, the little girl in me is screaming because I don't really like to talk about sex. And my friends know that. Like, they all talk about, oh, yeah, girl, last night he did da, da, da. And I'm just, like, the one to say, mm, that's nice. Like, <laughs> now I have three children. Of course I'm happy. I'm a married woman. And my husband is fine. I'm sexually attracted to my husband. And he is sexually attracted to me. So, yeah, we get it on very much so but still i don't like to like verbalize it like that's as much as information I'll, I'll release but um what i can say is after doing research um i think it is very important for me to promote women speaking up about sex in their relationships because like i said you don't want to make it so you don't want to become so focused on pleasing your mate and then you left be left Unpleased, and then that's how that leaves room for the enemy to bring in infidelity in a marriage. Because okay, now if your husband's not pleasing you, you're gonna you're gonna seek to be pleasured somewhere else, you know. And that's when pornography and then you know adultery comes in the picture, and you don't want that. So yes, I would definitely promote talk about sex, educate your partner on sex, and be educated by your partner on the sex on 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 sex. Um, and also, when it comes to intimacy, you know, do you like to be held afterwards? That's something major as well. Talk to your partner about these things because it will it will help the marriage, it will help the relationship, and it will strengthen the bond. I hope those tips help. Thank you, ladies, so much for tuning in to episode six of the Working Woman Podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you got answers to our question, women. Where do we go from here? For there's hope for us, thanks to Miss Kamala Harris, and there's still work for us to do for our sister, Brianna Taylor. And women, we can raise our voices about sex with our spouses, thanks to our conversation about sex education in the bedroom. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I had a great time making this episode. So until next time, please be kind to everyone around you and to yourselves. Later.